Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Story Podcast. I am Harris the Third, and I'm here with my co-host Sammy Harvey. How you doing, Sammy? I'm doing really good. What about you? Are uh, you settling back into the story office? She's lying to you guys right now. Actually, she is really good. But you walked in, and I was like, <laughs> "What's wrong?" And she's like, "I just came from therapy." <laughs> we won't. I'm not going to ask you to talk about what you talked about at therapy. Okay, thank you. Uh, but let's talk about therapy in general for just a second, oh, because okay. our yeah. next couple of weeks of guests are people who have actually spent time talking about mental health. Yeah. Um, how has therapy played a role in your life? It's been it's been really good. I've only started going to therapy in the last couple of months, but it's so helpful to That's have amazing. yeah to have just a safe place where you can um, like kind of dive deep on things that you're thinking about totally. or have misconstrued about yourself. And I think I, everyone should go I'm, to therapy. I'm dying to do more of it. I've done a little bit of it. The thing I've done the most of is like marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love going to marriage counseling, even if I feel like my marriage is like doing amazing in that moment, because yeah. then you get there, there's always room for improvement and it's Absolutely. so introspective and insightful. And yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, uh, let's not talk about all that, but you and I, <laughs> Sammy and I behind the scenes before you hear us record these podcasts and afterwards, we're always talking about things like Enneagram and counseling. Yeah. It seems to be a reoccurring <laughs> topic of conversation for us. And so, uh, it's so important for artists and those in the creative community to stay healthy because it yeah, definitely and impacts to understand the yourself. Yeah. yeah. Cause if your art is coming from yourself and your heart, you need to understand like where, where you're at. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Well, speaking of story and a community of creatives, before we jump into this interview, uh, we have an amazing guest today. Uh, just a quick update for you guys on the price increase. It's coming up on November 3rd. This is your chance to lock in a special rate of $249. So if you want to save 50 bucks, price goes up on November 3rd. So don't miss out on that opportunity. For those who are wondering, uh, there's a few people who are like, story's so expensive. I can't afford a ticket to go. Who can afford five or $600 to go to a conference? Uh, those are people that say that like the month before story. And so here we are almost a year out. You can't complain because right now is your opportunity to save literally more than half, I think. So our full price at the door this year is $699. If you register like a week before, uh, you're going to pay like $599. So this is less than half of that. Uh, it's kind of our, hey, prices are getting ready to go back to the same levels as they were for story 2016. This is kind of like a pre, 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 early, early, early bird rate. Uh, so check that out. 249 bucks to register by November 3rd. You can do that on the website, storygatherings.com. And it's an exciting time in story season because there's so much new stuff happening. Yeah. We have some of the talks from this year, which I've been dying to go back and listen to over again. Yeah. There's a couple that I only caught part of, so I want to go yeah, back and, here. and just watch them. We've had a few a few of you guys, our listeners, who have been emailing in, commenting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, constantly going, when can we watch these talks? I want to re-experience that moment and retake some more notes. And so uh, stay tuned. If you're not following us on socials, uh, make sure you do that at Story Gathering uh, on everything, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, and that'll that'll help you keep in touch, and we'll be able to let you know when those talks go live. They're not all going live at the same time. We're releasing them talk by talk, just a few select here and there. So uh, coming up soon is Hannah Brinter's talk, which is our guest for today's show. You had yeah. a chance to interview Hannah backstage. I did, yeah. We had a really fun time just hanging out backstage I, before I her talk. I knew you guys would resonate with each other. You kind of yeah. both come from a similar background of 
just a love for words and mm-hmm. writing. Yeah. Uh, you're an English major, correct? Yeah, so, <laughs> total English major yes, here. I knew. I was like, I can't wait for them to meet because they're going to hit it off backstage. Uh, so tease us a little bit. What's some of the stuff you guys talked about in this interview? Man, well, it was a couple weeks ago, so I'm kind of excited to re-listen here. Um, but we talked a lot about writing, of course, a lot mm-hmm. about creativity, Um those are the things I'm for sure about. I feel like we talked a lot about um, books too, of mm. course. Those are the safe spots that I can assure sure. you will be in this episode. Awesome. Well, this is something that everyone, regardless of what medium or art you work in, will get something out of because Absolutely. at some point we all have to use words to yeah. describe yeah. our art, whether we are a painter or a photographer. And you even have to tell others and cast some vision or you got to write it down at some point. Writing is, I feel like this like root, art for all the other creative arts. Absolutely. So let's jump in and get right to it. This is Sammy Harvey's conversation with Hannah Brincher backstage at Story 2016. This is going to be a good one. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Today I am sitting with Hannah Brincher at the Story Conference, and we're just having a really great time this morning. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, you are about to give your talk today, and we were talking, you have given like a TED talk in the past that I have heard about, about, it was based off of your book, correct? Mm -hmm. But today you're giving a really entirely different talk. Yeah. Tell me more about that. So um, I had, it's actually the TED talk that I gave, like propelled me to get the book deal that let me write that first book. And Mm -hmm. so I wrote a first book and now I'm working on my second book. And so the one thing that's been really consistent through this whole journey has been writing, that writing is Mm -hmm. kind of what started everything and writing is what continues to fuel everything. Yeah. And so I'm going to be talking today on the creative process of writing and it's like a really hard talk to give, it feels like. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. So I was saying earlier, I th- feel like that has to be hard because it's kind of an abstract idea. It's, it's very in abstract. Some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it just, that has been, even preparing for it, that was the struggle of it. But mm-hmm. then you have to like realize too, though, that like maybe that's the reason why a lot of people never sit down to write is mm-hmm. because they are afraid of the abstract. Um, they're afraid of the work that they have to do. And so yeah. I'm going to kind of be rooting my talk in like the elements of like staying seated and staying honest and staying small within your writing process mm, and then I letting like that, that guide. So stay is the big word. Stay. Yeah, stay, stay in the chair. <laughs> stay in the chair. That really is like shut up and write and stop looking at social media (laughs) oh my gosh yeah I feel like that's probably the first key to writing is like turning off your phone and turning off the internet it's so true I mean I was just even like like I've been I watch a lot of true crime I love true crime (laughs) and so like the John Benet Ramsey specials that have been happening everywhere I've watched every single one of them and so like I've learned a lot about being a detective though I'm not a detective but one of the things that I believe it if you decided to be a detective yes yeah you you know I actually almost went to school to be a forensic pathologist that was my dream when I was younger because I thought I was going to solve the John Benet case I really did but um what I like realized in all of these like true crime shows Mm -hmm. is that it's like it's really up to the detective to like 
create the boundaries around the crime scene so that people don't come in and mess with the evidence or like ruin the evidence. And really the writer's job is to do the exact same thing. It is Mm. to create these boundaries around the space in which you're writing Mm. and don't let other people come in to influence that process. And so the second you get on social media or onto your email when you're in a writing process, I think it's the same thing of like letting people get their fingerprints all over something that was meant to be yours. And so I try to I try to keep that in the forefront of my mind when I'm writing because the second I go to another browser and I start looking at other people's opinions about things the second my voice gets hijacked wow yeah I've never thought of it like that I thought of it just as the distraction but you putting it like that letting other people's voices influence influence yeah yeah Yeah. you like you think well that person they write really well and so I could probably write just like them and Mm. like imitation like while we are the sum of a bunch of people's voices I think like you have to be really careful that you're not like hijacking their process and what they had to go through to develop that voice and then shortchanging your own process yeah so tell me about the book that you're working on right now so the book it's in its beginning stages in its dark stages as we were saying yesterday (laughs) it's in the process of being born yeah it's in the process of being born um but it is a book um it's been a lot harder to write than the first book it's a book about roots and and being um being rooted and being present where you are as opposed to always striving to get there wherever there is which is something that I think young people struggle with a lot and that's a journey I've been on in the last few years you know like people mainly know me through that TED talk and that TED talk was able to spiral me into all these different levels of a career and I got a lot of success at a really young age but I think that what happened was that I was exposed to all this success to realize that it it doesn't fill you and it doesn't make Mm. you any better and it actually just distracts you from what you're set on this planet to do and so learning that balance and learning how to root yourself with community and root yourself in faith and and root yourself so that like you find the things in life that can't be taken away from you. Totally, totally. So whenever like storms hit, you, you like, are yes. planted. Mm-hmm. You're planted, yes. And you're not like, what the heck is going on? Yeah, yeah or yeah. following or yeah. chasing after the next thing that like you mm. think is going to fill some hole inside of you. Because I think mm. a lot of us feel like, oh, like I have all these holes I want to fill inside of me. And I mm. think that it's either Netflix or a relationship or something is going to fill those things. But like it, it ultimately just takes us away from what really matters. Totally. So that's what I'm writing right now. So, (laughs) and how's that going? It's good. It's harder though. Like it's it's hard work to dig in the trenches and to to find the material for that. Mm -hmm. Like you always have to be writing and you always have to be reading. Like you have to be, um, like I said, like being the sum of a lot of other people's voices. And so when I'm not like in a writing zone, I'm usually reading. But I have to like limit the amount of time that I'm spending on social media and doing other things so that. I will just be allowed to stay in that space. Yeah. What are you reading right now? Oh, I read everything. Um, I like <laughs> literally am. Okay. So right now, let's see. I have Mere Christianity in my bag from C.S. Lewis. And then I'm also reading Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed. Oh, yeah. I love that book yeah. so much. Um I just finished I just finished a fiction book which I don't usually bring fin- or bring fiction into the process but um it's called All the Missing Girls it was really really good Interesting for anybody that likes crime I so. feel like I oh it's a crime book It's kind of it's like a crime book like yeah. it's it's twisted and it's like dark so. I haven't usually been a huge fan of fiction either but I feel like it's become 
more and more important like to me just mm-hmm. because I used to read so much nonfiction, almost like self-help yes. kind of books. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so what I would like be going to bed at night like reading and I would be like, oh man, there's so much stuff I like want to do in my life. And like uh, this like it's train so would start mm-hmm. like going. So I would just would keep myself up like trying to fix. <laughs> trying to fix your life. It's so totally. true. So I've had so much better luck with reading fictional stories. Yep. And closing the book and then going to bed and having amazing dreams like it's well, really weird <laughs> yeah it's, it's true though because I think fiction just allows you to like look into the life of somebody mm-hmm. else and like kind of just appreciate the small details rather than this is what you need to do to change your life you know yeah. and like I never want to have to I hope I never write books like that where it's like this is what you must do I'd rather go out and live great stories and then be able to come back mm. and write about those stories and what I learned from those stories. And yeah. so that's why I think this book has also been harder is that I used to think that like to be a good writer, you had to be really good at living inside of your head. And now I think it's the opposite. I think you have to be really good at living outside of yourself in order to like create something worth writing about. Unless you're like Tolkien or somebody that does like <laughs> things with hobbits and stuff, you know, but for the most part, like in yeah. this realm of nonfiction, I'm like, this just requires that I go out and I be a good human. Have, yeah, yeah. To like have experiences and yes. to process them. Mm-hmm. To not just have them, but to think about, okay, how is this affecting me and yeah. like the people around me? It yeah. really does. It really calls you to be a better human, which is like, I, I always say like, I feel like I'm a professional human being or that's what I'm, <laughs> I'm getting to because writing is just the after effect of that. But like, it, it just means like you need to be paying attention to everything that's happening and the people that are around you in this moment because you Mm -hmm. could be learning so much from them and like that's hard because we don't want to be present to the moment we want to be distracted or on our phones or looking at the lives of people that we know and love but I think when we're placed in public spaces where we don't know people like it's our job to make them feel seen and make them feel known like Mm -hmm. I was getting picked up for a speaking engagement a few days ago we were driving from Boston into Salem Massachusetts And the guy that was in the front, like, he just wanted to talk to me. And he just kept, like, bringing up conversations. And, like, I probably would have liked to be, like, doing my emails and, like, catching up on that stuff. But, like, I just was like, well, he's clearly wanting to have a conversation with me. And we had this really great conversation. And he told me that he also, like, does film and location scouting and that he and his buddies um, created this film that's on Hulu and it's also on Netflix and he told me the name of it to go watch it and I just was like I got out of the car and I was like see if I had never talked to him like I wouldn't know that and I wouldn't Mm. and like the movie looks really good so I'm like excited to watch it I don't know I could be saying that too soon and it might end up being this really strange movie but because he said it's dark drama but I still was like there's so much to learn from every single person we come into contact with. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like that's been, that's probably one of my favorite things about traveling, but also one of mm. the most exhausting things. Like for me as an introvert while traveling is I've met the most interesting people by just sitting like next to someone on an airplane yep. and just like maybe holding my book or asking them about their book and yes. letting the conversation roll mm-hmm. from there. And man, you never know who you're sitting next to. It's so true. Yeah. I think that a lot of moments get orchestrated that we don't even see sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's like we have to be present and we have to be showing up for those moments. Mm. Man, truth bomb right there. Yeah. Right. It's like (laughs) I'm talking and I'm like, maybe I'll just reorient my whole entire talk. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just play this. Yeah. Right. It's like a booming voice. 
Okay, I think this would be a perfect part of the show where we like to transition to final three questions that okay. we like to ask every guest. Great. They're fun questions. And yeah. the first question is, what is your favorite book? Oh, gosh, that's a hard question. I know, it's so hard. You'd think it would be easy. Um, okay, so I would say my favorite book is Beloved by Toni Morrison. I think that's my favorite book, fiction-wise. Cool. Perry, oh, mm, see, I'm going to think so much about this. <laughs> That, what's what's a recent read? You said you've been reading um, your Christianity. Yeah, a recent that- read. There's so many. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and it, you're right. It's a lot of nonfiction. That's a lot of like self help. So I'm like, I know how to be a better human at this yeah, point. Yeah. Um, let's see. Sorry, I know there's not supposed to be these awkward pauses. No, there. I'm just. No, it's good. You're you're talking about being a professional human. You're being one right now. Like you're processing. Yeah, yeah I yeah. um. Okay, so I just <laughs> picked up a book that I haven't even started reading yet, but I Ooh. feel like it will be a great book. Uh, Love Warrior. Oh my god. By Glennon Doyle. Yeah, that's in my Amazon cart. Yep. Right uh-huh. now. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. Her blogs are amazing. She's real. She's vulnerable, and so I, I think I'm gonna love that book. I think. So. Yeah, I've been listening to um, Elizabeth Gilbert's podcast, oh, Big Magic. Yes, Big Magic. And yep. did you hear the episode um, with Glennon Doyle? Milton? No, I haven't. Girl's gonna rock your world. Okay. It's amazing. Okay, I'm ready for it because she's she's a firecracker. <laughs> she is she for is. sure. She's really amazing. Um, second question. Okay. What is something that most people don't know about you, but you think is crazy? Oh my gosh, this should be like a you prepare somebody in <laughs> advance before we ask. Or these questions. I think I've been asking this kind of in a different way too, when it's dumped to people. Okay, um, what's something that your closest like friends and family members think is super weird about yourself? Oh my gosh, that's such a good <laughs> question, huh? Well, okay. So really though, I mean, I brought it up earlier, but it's interesting. Um, okay. So my obsession with John Benet Ramsey, the John Benet <laughs> Ramsey murder case. And, and it's funny because it was, it was very much kept under wraps mm-hmm. for a very long time. Like until, kept under wraps by Like you. I didn't talk about okay, it. Yeah. Like no one, this. my closest friends and family know I'm obsessed. Okay. Like obsessed would be a light statement for what it was. <laughs> like growing up, like that was my biggest hobby was I would come home from school and I would go work Eight, on the what case. What were the, the ages like of this? I started getting into this case when I was, I was 12 years old. Wow. Yeah. And so I've read every book on it. I've read every article that's out there. I have like file folders, uh, autopsy reports, all of the weird stuff. Like, so I'm very, very close to this thing. And yeah. I think, I think it started because my grandmother, she loves crime. Like she loves true crime. And, um, we were very close. And so I think every time that I would see her, I would like go like, update her grandma, on what I gotta figured tell out. You something. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And so it just, my friends and family know that that's something that like, that was my biggest pastime when I was little. And so it's wow. interesting to see it all over the media now, because now everybody wants to talk to me about it. And I'm like, guys, like, do not let this like run out tomorrow. Like we need to solve this case. It's one of the greatest unsolved crimes. Like don't just like use her as entertainment. Like I'm very invested. I get passionate about it. So well, I think I know what your third book might be. Maybe. Right? It might. Yes. It's yeah. I mean, my first date with my Man, what a to be, genre switch that would right? be for you. I, know, well, I think really I'm cool. definitely gonna do some dark, dark fiction. Not too dark. <laughs> Maybe like dark with one dark fiction in the future. One dark fiction. But my first date with my fiance like we 
I like I like mapped out the murder case for him like at the table like this is what I think happened and if he stuck around for that I mean like yeah, that's if, the long haul if he asked you on a second date yeah after that, that was like you're because you were talking about your uh, your fiance and you're like whenever we first met like we like, just knew just I was knew. like if I can talk Benet Ramsey with you on this first date and like recreate the crime scene on the table like we're we're golden like yeah I'm in yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome okay last question what has been your greatest source of inspiration especially when you're in a rut Ooh. okay so I would say my greatest source of inspiration apart from calling my mother and having her get me out of the rut which is it always works Hmm. no matter what I do and I, I like always tend to isolate myself in the writing process and then I could just call my mom and she would fix it for me because she just has wisdom but I say apart from that um I would say the greatest source of inspiration for me has been the New York Times Modern Love column. I don't know if you've ever read that column. I haven't read it, but I've they have a podcast. They have right? a podcast. Yeah. Now too. And I love that podcast. The podcast is beautiful. Um, yeah, I've been reading that column for years and years and years and just I look forward to it every single like every single week. Uh to just hear these love stories and like the great thing is that they're not all like romantic love stories sure. they're what every what they're what any person would classify as a love story in their life but the writing is always good and unique and solid and like it's it's cool to admire other people's voices mm-hmm. and like how they got to that point and so usually when I'm in a rut or when I'm just starting out with writing for the day like I'll go in and I'll, I'll read something and it will kind of one sentence can just start you going in a different direction. Mm. So I am the sum of all the New York Times modern love columns. <laughs> that is true. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me and have some good chats. Some I'm really fun. excited for your talk. Thank um, you. And yeah, thank Woo. you. Let's do it. <laughs> That was so good. I love Hannah. She is. Uh, she was one of our most popular breakouts. She did a breakout session. Really? Wow. Uh, it was packed. And I loved how she talked about on stage, just not rushing the creative process, letting mm. it, you know, I think we live in an age where everything feels so instantaneous. Like I can pull out my cell phone, this little mini computer, super computer in my pocket, tap a few buttons and a pizza comes to my house in like 30 minutes. <laughs> and I think we've been trained, like as creative people, we've been trained to think, Oh, the process should be like that. And it takes time. And I love how she reminds people of that to just slow down. You know, finding your voice is not something that's just given to you. You've got to like go out there and work and just let it, let, let the time. Let it develop. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I really can, I've been following her online on Twitter for a while and I've always really connected with, um, what she has to share. Something I really love about her though is, um, how she uses her skill of writing and her expertise to teach others about how to become stronger writers. Mm-hmm. So she does this writing intensive. I think we talked about it a little bit and we kind of covered it in the episode, but she does a writing intensive and where you can sign up online to go through a course with her and she'll teach you yeah. tips and tricks and all kinds of wisdom. Yeah, it's actually, yeah. it's honestly why I booked her to come speak at Story, believe it or not. It was because of her writing intensives. Really? Um, yeah, Kellen cool. from our team, um, she went to one and uh, she said it was amazing and said Hannah would be an amazing speaker. So uh, it was through those writing intensives that we were we confirmed our love, our love of all things Hannah Brincher. So yeah, for those out there listening, who even if you're thinking like I'm not really a writer, that's not my full-time gig, 
Um, there's still a lot to be gained from it. It's not like you're spending money to go to a three-day conference just on writing. It's just a, a one-day thing, take a few hours, spend some time online hanging out with Hannah and a small group of other people live. Yeah, and check out her intensives. Um, I think the website for that is hannahbrenchercreative.com. Hannah actually has two websites. She's doing a lot of cool stuff. She wrote a book, a best-selling book called More Love Letters. Um, that's what led to her giving a TED Talk, and her star rose very rapidly because of the More Love Letters idea. It's just a really cool concept. So check that out. Um, even though her, her website for the intensives is hannahbrenchercreative.com, she runs a blog that she writes pretty regularly on. She's very active and that's just hannahbrencher.com. So two different websites and she's just Hannah Brencher on socials and Twitter and all those places. I love her Instagram feed too. It's super raw and honest. I love that. Yeah. So thank you, Hannah, for speaking. Thank you for all the cool stuff you're doing to serve the story community. Our tribe loves you. Hopefully we'll have her back sometime. Yeah, I hope so. She's amazing. I think that wraps up this week's episode. Uh, I am Harris III. And I'm Sammy Harvey. And from both of us, sincerely, thank you guys. We really appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.